This is Transistor.fm. Paul Jarvis, Sasha Grafe, and Nathan Berry invited me to host a self-publishing hangout with them this week. It was a great opportunity for me because I'm about to publish my first book, Amplification. And our Google Hangout ended up being a two-hour marathon of sharing our experience with writing, publishing, and promoting ebooks. Part one, we discovered choosing a topic, whether you need to be a good writer, writer's block, fear, and quality. This show would not be possible without these great sponsors. Sprintly, they've been with me from the beginning, perfect for software teams of three or more people. Sprintly is the easiest way for managers, developers to track the software development process. You and your team can try Sprintly for free. Go to www.sprint.ly. When you sign up for a plan, use my promotion code, ProductPeopleTV2013, get 10% off. And on September 1st, I'll be releasing my first downloadable course called Amplification. Creating great content isn't enough. To get it seen by thousands, you need Amplification. I'll show you my experience with viral posts like this is a web page and show you real stats from my website. Then I'll share with you the steps for amplifying your posts to bigger audiences. Just for my listeners, go to productpeople.tv slash download and get $10 off. Hey everybody, welcome to the Self-Publishing Hangout. Today we're going to explore some uh, writing, publishing, and promoting your own ebook on the web. And uh, the four of us are going to share our experience with self-publishing so far. And I think each of us is probably at a different stage, and so hopefully you as participants out there, I think we've got probably about 100 people in the chat room so far, 150 Um Hopefully, you guys get a variety of perspectives on uh, publishing an ebook. So, I think what we'll do is we'll start by having each of us introduce ourselves. Sasha, jump into your introduction then. So, um, I guess I'm um, mainly a designer. Um, maybe let's say 51% designer, 49% developer. And um, I've wrote, so my first book. Uh, First self-published book was about design, and I wrote that about uh, one year and a half ago now. And it was a really short book called uh, "Step by Step UI Design," and I sold it pretty cheap for uh, for about uh, twelve dollars. But it was uh, really successful, so it inspired me to uh, write a second book. And this time, uh, it wasn't about design, but about coding. And it's called uh, "Discover Meteor." about the Meteor JavaScript framework. And I sold it uh, for a much higher price. Um, and it, it was a much uh, larger book as well. And it also did uh, really well. So um, yeah, I mean, the reason I got the idea for uh, this whole Hangout thing is because uh, all throughout um, working on both books, um, I, I was really inspired by what other people were doing, like Nathan and uh, and also listening to product people and seeing what Paul was doing. So I thought it would be interesting just to get together and compare our uh, approaches and what we do the same, what we do differently, and just uh, get to hang out. All right. All right. So Paul, you want to uh, jump in yeah. next with your intro? 
Cool. So yeah, I am Paul Jarvis. I'm also probably about 51% designer, 49% programmer, and about and I've been doing that for about 15, 16 years. And the, a couple of years ago, I decided that it would be easier for me to write a book than to keep emailing people all the same information all the time. I was a vegan cookbook. It's called Eat Awesome. And I sold that for five bucks. Now it's a dollar. And I did that two years ago. And then last year I wrote and self-published a book called Be Awesome in Online Business. Uh, and that is about web design from the perspective of a client. So if somebody's starting an online business and they need to get a developer pro or a designer, developer, content people, that sort of thing. So how to kind of take your business from start to finish in building it out or refreshing it online. And I'm writing a new book right now called Everything I Know, which should be available in September. And the Kickstarter project goes live on the first day that Kickstarter Canada happens, which is September 9th. Beautiful. Cool. Yeah, Nathan, how about you, uh, you introduce yourself too? Yeah, so I'm also a designer. Uh, I think that's a prerequisite to be on this panel. Maybe not. <laughs> no. Um, so I started as a web designer and then gradually moved to software and interface design. Uh, worked at a startup, leading their design team for a few years, um, and then left to sell some iPhone apps and go back to freelancing and consulting, and then wrote the App Design Handbook, which was my like first really successful product, and that helped me move out of uh, the consulting world into the product world. And uh, then started building an audience with that, followed that up with designing web apps, and then launched ConvertKit, which is an email marketing tool to help uh, launch and sell products. And then most recently wrote Authority, which is basically everything that I've learned over that whole process on making ebooks profitable. Beautiful. And I'm Justin Jackson. I am not a designer, so I'm, I'm the odd man out here. Uh, I'm a product manager during the day. I think I'm actually also the only person that has a full-time job right now. Uh, I think the rest of these guys... Not. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, so I'm a product manager during the day. I uh, host a podcast called Product People, and I'm uh, about to release my first book, um, on September 1st, it's called Amplification, and it's uh, the lessons I've learned about getting, uh, building an audience and getting content out to lots and lots of people. So I'm at, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm at that stage. I'm just about to publish my first thing. Cool. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is why you decided to publish it in, in a format that's not an ebook. So yeah. I think... That's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's get going. All right. So let's start with writing, and uh, maybe specifically, how how do you choose a topic? How do you decide what you're going to write about in the first place? Um, let's start with Paul. How did you decide what you're going to write about? Sure. And I mean, for me, I typically the books that I've been writing are I've started small, like I've started with tweets or emails to people, and then if people are enjoying that and retweeting what I'm tweeting or if I find I'm sending the same email to people over and over again then I might turn it into a blog post or an article for another website and then if that seems to do well and gain traction then 
I think, oh, well, this should this could possibly be a book. So the first the vegan cookbook, I did that. I was writing the same email to people who wanted ideas for recipes and information about being vegan. And same with the, um, the Be Awesome Online business, the second book. I was writing, I was telling my clients basically the same thing. And I've been doing this for 15, 16 years. So I found clients were having the same issues and asking the same questions for lots of lots of time so i figured if i wrote a book that was kind of about web design but not for web designers there's a lot of books about web design for web designers if i wrote a book about web design for people who are just looking to do web design then maybe that would be helpful and then the new book is about creativity and stuff and that's just my random ramblings about creativity and fear and and that sort of stuff so mostly the topics come naturally and then i write a bit about them then I write a bit more, then I write a bit more, and then they eventually turn into books. If I tried a book from scratch, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. I'm just laughing because someone in the chat room asked the first question, which was, what kind of product do I use in my hair? <laughs> that would be Chase Reeves from uh, Fizzle and Think Traffic. And, uh, yeah. The, the other comment of, oh, God, Chase is here. Good luck staying on topic is very accurate. <laughs> he already derailed us. I love you, Chase. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel excluded on that topic because I can't really talk about hair products. <laughs> Maybe have like a little beard comb or something. <laughs> That's going to be our first collaborative book is uh, all about men's grooming. Uh, exactly. Let's... Let's go. Let's get back on topic. Uh, Sasha, how did, how did you choose your topic for your, your book? So although both topics are pretty different, I think one thing they have in common is they're both things I was already doing. So I was already uh, uh, designing an app and I decided to write a book about that process. And for the Meteor book, I was already working on an open source app. And uh, the book is kind of a you know, compilation of all the knowledge that, um, that I got through, the, to, through that app. So uh, in both cases, you know, I didn't set out I didn't, I didn't set out, you know, thinking, oh, what will I write about now? It was more, uh, you know, I was already doing it and writing a book was a good way to, uh, well, for in, in the case of the open source app, the, the app is free. So the book is a way to indirectly monetize the app and support the development of the app. So I think, you know, for me, since I'm not a full-time writer, uh, it's important to, um, to have, a, to find a way how writing can integrate with the other things you do. And, uh, that's how I choose my topics, I guess. Perfect. And uh, Nathan, how about yourself? Yeah, so since my first book was about app design, uh, that just came about because I had lots and lots of people asking me about that topic. That's what I was, uh, most of the freelance projects I was doing were, you know, iPhone and iPad applications. And uh, so I got asked about it all the time. Lots of developer friends wanted to know how to make their apps better. And I didn't have a good place to point them. And so I decided to start writing down what I was working on. Um, and we can come into this later, but one thing that inspired me is uh, I worked on it just as a hobby. Like, so, you know, I was trying to help out friends, and I had no idea that you could make money off of it until Sasha published his post about the money he made from step-by-step -step UI design. So thanks, Sasha. <laughs> um, and we'll get into pricing and making money for it and all of that. Um, but that was a big turning point for me when I realized that writing a book didn't just have to be a hobby or a labor of love. It could also be a business. 
Perfect. And uh, for myself, uh, I've gone through a little bit of a, a pivot, I guess. I have. Um, I decided I was going to write this book called Build and Launch at buildandlaunch.net. And I had about uh, over 1,000 people sign up for that mailing list so far. But as I was, I started emailing them right away and asking them questions. So what do you want to know about? What's your biggest struggle, et cetera? And uh, during that time, I wrote this uh, essay called This is a Web Page that ended up going really crazy. And I had a bunch more people kind of jump on the list. And just from what was coming back, I realized a lot of people wanted to know how could they publish things uh, like blog posts and get a lot of people to uh, pay attention. So I decided to, uh, in some ways, shelve that idea for the first book and instead write uh, a little mini course on um, the subject of amplification as a response to all these people I'm talking to on my mailing list. So for me, uh, the topic came from just talking to the people on my mailing list and uh, figuring out what they actually needed as opposed to what I wanted to give them. Yeah, I don't good. think any of us were uh, were writers. At least I know we weren't. None of us were writers full time before we wrote our first book, which is uh, an interesting thing to to note. Well, I think we had blogs, but uh, yeah, yeah, we weren't. but not book authors. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I think it's because you know the books we wrote. Uh, a lot of it is our own personal experience. So if we were just writers, we wouldn't have that experience designing, uh, developing, running apps. Yep, that's true. So we all write on uh, things that other people saw us as experts on in some way. So like Paul, you know, you had tons of people asking you about vegan recipes and that kind of thing. And what I always tell people is think about what people ask you. And that's what people are, you know, people in your circles are perceiving you as some kind of an expert in. You know, your, your grandma asking you to fix your computer over the holidays, she perceives you as some, as some kind of an expert in that sort of thing. And so just always look – not that you should write a book about that, but just always look around for what people are asking you. And if you're hired for a particular job, you know, either through clients or a full-time job, then your boss thinks you're an ex enough of an expert in that topic that you're worth paying. And so I think there's a decent chance that you know something on those topics that other people would pay to learn. So do you guys think it's important to be a good writer? Like, you know, not Shakespeare, but um, how important is writing skills compared to actual knowledge and being an expert in a field? You have to be at least interested in learning the craft and getting better. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm an amazing writer, but... I like communicating. I've always liked communicating, and I think that definitely helps. Uh, what do you think, Nathan? I think what, what you said about communicating is, is important. Um, I think we all care more about communicating effectively than, than maybe writing perfectly. Um, but if you're waiting to start writing until you're a good writer, then uh, <laughs> that's really, really bad. I had somebody email me uh, maybe three months ago. And they said, I started reading your, reading your blog. I read the, the most recent post. And then I went back and read your very first post. And then I read it chronologically from the first post to the most recent. 
And my first response was to be a little bit terrified because I didn't think that anybody would care that much, but also that those first posts were really terrible. And that's actually what they said. They came, they said like your first posts were really, really terrible and they didn't have any confidence in the writing. Like it, it seemed like you didn't know if you're providing any value. Um, but they said that as they read through it over the next year of posts, they could see the writing getting a tiny bit better. Uh, that I had a little bit more confidence with every single post and that I was delivering more value to every, to the readers with, with every post. So I, I would say start writing and use that to get better at writing um, and just focus on communicating clearly and you'll get there. Yeah. I think a good point on, on that, just hearing you say that is uh, sometimes I get the feeling like, uh, I'm not sure if I'm the oldest one here. I'm 33. And so sometimes I watch like the young guys in our industry and they're, they start, you know, they just jump into stuff and they start doing it. Sometimes that can be a little bit debilitating thinking, well, like, you know, all these guys are way ahead of me and I'm jumping in now basically at, at square zero. The problem with that thinking is that that means you're never going to start anything. And uh, I think the best advice I've had is the best time to start was yesterday and even a you know, the next best time is to start today. And even if you're, you know, an, an old guy that's way behind everyone else, the only way you're going to get better is by starting today and uh, not worrying about, you know, catching up or whatever. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm older than you, but... Oh! The... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I don't, think, I don't think I'm a great writer, but I know I'm a lot better now than I was when I started writing. And the only way that I got better was by writing. And I think, Nathan, you even touched on this in your book, Authority, how writing 500 to 1,000 words a day, like making it a daily practice, I think you even hit like uh, a whole year of doing that every single day. And I've been working at that as well. And it really helps to, and it's not stuff. And I think people, like I get emails from people saying like, well, I don't see you publish work every day. And I don't think that's the point. Like some of the stuff I write is crap and I would never publish it. But the fact that I'm sitting down and I'm writing every single day, it's helping me get better ideas. And the more that I show up to do that writing, the more likely I am to have ideas that are worth publishing eventually. Like if I sit down seven days a week, one of those ideas might be good enough to be a blog post. But if I sat down once and it wasn't good, then there's another week where I don't have anything to say publicly on, on my website or someone else's. And I think there's a, a few questions in the chat room about the process of writing like yeah, you mentioned uh, Nathan's uh, thousand words, um, and also just which software we use, and uh, you know, like when when we start writing, what steps do we actually take? Yeah. Why don't you lead off with that? Yeah, that's a good. One. Sure. So, I I didn't have like a, a fixed a fixed amount of words uh, to write every day. Um, I think I approach writing more maybe like design where, you know, you start out with, with a sketch and then maybe you have a, a low fidelity mockup, then a high fidelity, then you start coding and every every iteration gets closer and closer to the real thing. So uh, for me, it was really like this where I would start with an outline of the chapters, um, then, you know, start filling them up and and I mean, I think every chapter, at least for a Discover Meteor, um, so I co-wrote the book with uh, Tom Coleman, who's a very good Meteor developer, but together we we must have uh, gone through each chapter maybe 10 times or more, you know, just fixing, fixing things, uh, making things clearer, rewriting stuff. So um, 
it, it was very, very iterative, at least for that book. Um, but like Nathan, do you like, you just write the whole thing in one go or is it also yeah, iterative? Start, like to finish, this? start at the first chapter and just write straight through the end. No. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so what I do is I write a really rough outline. Um, you know, probably like those outlines that you wrote in high school for essays or whatever, just indenting when for different sections or different thoughts. Um, and then what I do is refine that a little bit. And I use a program called Scrivener. And I make a blank document on the side. So I make a folder for every, what I think will be every chapter. And then a blank document for every section within that. And then what I do is I, I mark each one of them as unfinished or as like that I haven't started them. And then when I come to sit down to write for the day, I look at that, scan through it and see what am I most interested in writing about? Do I want to write about, you know, using email marketing to promote your book or do I want to about, write about the writing process, you know, for authority? Um, and so then I just jump in, like all the topics are predefined. So then I just jump in at the, specific one that interests me the most at the moment. Mm. Uh, and then one of the reasons I like Scrivener so much is it makes it really easy to rearrange those sections. And so I feel like I can try out different, you know, the book flowing in a different way. And then I can click one button and see it as one long manuscript. And so then I can go work on all the transitions and um, things like that. So that's how I write. Uh, like we mentioned, like somebody mentioned earlier, I write a thousand words a day. That's inspired by Chris Gillibo. Um, and uh, he has a great post. I think it's on, on his homepage about um, writing 300 some thousand words a year. Um, and I highly recommend reading that. Um, and I track that, that writing in an app I wrote called Commit. And so I have this little reminder that pops up at four o'clock every day and says, Hey, were you gonna write a thousand words today? And so I just check it off and say yes. Uh, and it's at um, I should look. It's at about 380 days in a row right now. I have the same reminder, but mine swears at me because <laughs> that, that's what I need to actually get it done. <laughs> nice. Uh, as a as a beginner, I started writing my stuff. I created a like a text outline, and then uh, just in like text edit. And then I started writing right in iBooks. Uh, so I just created the sections and just started writing right in there. And uh, about halfway through, I realized uh, I needed to do things like collaborate, get an editor to look at it. Um, and I also wanted to track how much, like, how much time I was spending writing. And so about halfway through, I switched to Draft. That's uh, draftin.com. And for myself, that idea of writing a thousand words a day doesn't motivate me. Uh, what motivates me is when I get an idea and I'll just stay up all night writing it uh, and then I'll be done. And I might have three or four days of nothing. But, and maybe I'll change my mind, but that kind of regimented like every single day uh, hasn't worked for me yet. But kind of following the, the passion and uh, just writing when I feel like writing is working for me so far. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that because especially for uh, a technical book, you know, sometimes you'll write a thousand words, sometimes you'll write, you know, 10 words and then hit a stumbling block or something that you don't know how to explain. So 
it's really hard to set fixed goal like, like this, at least for me. I like to use uh, IA Writer because there's no, you can't format it. And I would spend way too much time trying to pick the right typeface and the right line height and the right, I would spend too much time tinkering with it. So I start all of my writing in IA Writer just because I, it is what it is. You can't do anything to it. And then once I've written it, then I bring it into something else and I, I start playing with it and I start rearranging it and that sort of thing. But I write, the, the reason I do the, the, the daily practice as well, and obviously this might be different for Nathan, is because I'm trying to get better at expressing myself through writing. So even if what I'm writing is just like stream of consciousness or just total crap, I'm still trying to get out. And sometimes I write about topics that I would never publish, but I'm just trying to get it out and trying to, because writing in your own voice is, is harder to do than it seems. It seems easy to be yourself in your writing when it really is difficult and it takes a lot of work sometimes to be able to do that. So uh, the daily practice has really helped me with that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, one, one of the other reasons I, I hit a specific goal every day is um, because not doing that, I would hit a writer's block of some kind and then not push past it. I would just go, oh, I'm stuck, I'm not inspired. And I'd give up a few minutes in and not push past it and force myself to do it. Often I get stuck in a particular area and I switch to writing for a different project, writing a blog post, um, something like that. But um, Do you yeah, find you get less writer's block the more that you write? Yeah. Um, another thing, perfect solution for me for writer's block is I go down to my favorite local cafe, either get a glass of wine or a mimosa, depending on the time of day. And uh, I always write much more. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one thing that's I highly recommend a little bit of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that's really helpful for me in terms of getting writing done is having a deadline. So when I said I was going to publish this thing September 1st, uh, that that's what helps me. I, so I might not be writing every single day, but uh, I, I know that I've got to get this thing done by September 1st. Yeah. I, I want to jump in with uh, one or I guess two quick writing tips that I got from uh, – it was Tim Ferriss and Neil Strauss did an interview. Um, you can find it on Tim's blog. And it was done through Creative Live, and it was really good. But two things I got out of it were, uh, one, write to a specific person. So especially when you're writing like these technical stuff, you know, um, where it's really prescriptive, like do this, then do that. It, you can either come off super casual or really patronizing and, um, you know, I don't know, stuffy. And so Tim's advice on that was to write to a specific person. And so I actually wrote the book Designing Web Applications to my brother-in-law. Because he was learning, he was a web designer learning to design software, and he was right at that exact point. And so I didn't write it in this, these totally vague terms. I thought, what does Philip need to know about this particular topic? And I, and I wrote it what I wanted him to know about that. And that helped me get past so much writer's block. Sometimes I even put in, you know, Philip, comma, hit enter twice, and then start writing that section as if it was exactly an email to him. Uh, and that helped me a lot. The other thing is when you hit something that needs research, 
So a date, anything specific, uh, just type in the letters TK and move right along. And that's just um, a way of saying, you could write to do or something else, but it's just saying like, I'm going to come back to this later. And that way you can keep your, your, your thought process going. Um, and the only reason for TK is because it doesn't really appear in the English language. Um, though it does unfortunately appear in the name of my app, ConvertKit. Uh, so <laughs> it doesn't work for me. But um, anyway, those two writing tips have helped me a lot. And I think now we should do questions. Yeah. First question, how have you gotten over the hurdle of not feeling like enough of an expert to self-publish something people will find valuable? If you get paid to do that, then that's a good – Nathan said that in the beginning. If you get paid to do something, then chances are you're an expert enough to write something that somebody else will want to read. So that's always a good thing to uh, – that's, e that's the easiest way, I think, is if somebody's paid me to do web design for 15 years. So I feel confident as an expert to write about that. I've owned a business for 15 years. I feel confident that I can write about that. So that, that's a really good point that uh, Nathan brought up in the beginning. Maybe talk about – uh, what scares you most about publishing your own stuff? Was there any time where you guys were in the midst of releasing something that you had any kind of fear? I think what scares everybody is releasing the book and then nobody buys it. Uh, simple as that. And I mean, that's why there's books like Authority that teach you how to minimize that fear and that risk. Of course, you can make it go away completely, but there are steps, you know, like, setting up an email list or you know, doing stuff like that. So there are steps that you can take to minimize the risk. And uh, for me, for my last book, I wasn't really that afraid that it, it wouldn't sell because I knew I knew there was a demand. I, I knew there wasn't any reason for people not to buy it. So apart from that, uh, no fear. <laughs> I, th I think you'll always have fear of some kind. Um, when I came out with my first book, I had no idea if people would buy it. Um, and it sold really well. The second one, I, whether rational or not, I had the fear of um, I can't repeat the success from last time, and I was able to. And then for even for authority, I thought, okay, I was successful with design books, but nobody's going to buy a book where I talk about writing books. Um, and I was wrong every time, but I guess my point is that I've come to terms with that I'm always going to have some kind of fear like that. Um, and I need to push through it and launch and build the product anyway. Same. And I think that you brought up a good point with, I think I was more scared the second book because you've already established that, oh, well, you can sell so many books. You can, you can do this and your name's out there as an expert or an authority or as an author or something. And then you put something else out and it's like, well, if that flops then I'm going to look way worse than if I put something out that nobody really knew who I was anyways. So then... So I don't know. For I think it gets worse for me every time I, I launch something or I release something, and I just get more afraid. But I mean, everybody brought the same point. Like I think we're all afraid in some way, and we all just kind of push past that because we know the reward is accomplishing something, and, and that's that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's normal to be worried at different parts of the process. I think it's actually good to talk about that because sometimes in our industry we have a lot of people that are really self-confident. And or seem to be really confident and, you know, they never get anxious about anything. But the truth is, if you're like the night before launching something, you're going to have some anxiety about what's going to happen. And uh, maybe the best thing you can do is ask what's the worst thing that can happen. You know, like no one's going to 
die if uh, if I release this and no one likes it, right? Yeah, James Altucher has pretty much the same thing. He says, if I have this, if I try this idea, will I die? Or will I never be able to have another idea again? If the answer is no, then it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. Even if the very worst thing happens, it's not going to be the worst thing that could ever happen. Exactly. I think this is a good one. Uh, from the consumer perspective, self-published works are a minefield of quality. What steps do you take to ensure that you have a quality book? Do you hire editors, illustrators, etc.? Yes. I can I can take that one first. I have an editor that I work with that I work with for all my books, and she the the job of an editor is to push you to write more and to write better, and also to make you seem smarter because they know like I don't know the like the ins and outs of all the grammar or the English stuff. So and it looks bad. Like if you publish a book and there's spelling mistakes or typos or that, obviously that happens sometimes. But you can minimize that if you have a copy editor or an editor or that sort of thing. And I think the other thing is that because there's oh, there's a lot of ebooks now, is having that social proof. It's just like if you're trying to sell any kind of product. If you have social proof, then kind of put that forward. If you have testimonials or if people are talking about it on Twitter, or if a magazine or a publication mentions you, then showing all these things that you exist and that your product exists outside of the website that you constructed is a good and it's a good selling feature to show people to give people the trust that they need to click the buy button and to put in their credit card. Yeah, the uh, I, I think about this a lot, actually. And maybe one thing I wanted to talk about was if we all think the, ma the market is getting saturated for self-published books. So maybe we'll end this section on that topic. Um, I use, right now I use Draft, like I said before, and they have, uh, you can hire an editor right in their interface. I think it's like 15 bucks or something like that. So I've used that a couple times. And between that and sharing it with other people and having them read it and give me feedback, that's what I'm doing for editing and kind of quality control. Yeah, um, I guess I'm a bit lucky in that my mother is a professional copy editor, and so she edits all of my books. Um, nice. And that's worked out really well. Uh, Paul, like what you said, I seem a lot smarter because of her. You know, There's a lot yeah, of stupid stuff that would have made it into my book if I wasn't yeah. paying someone to make sure that didn't happen. Yeah, editors make a huge difference. And even even if you can't afford an editor, having a friend or two just proofread it. Like even if you have no money and you're putting something out, have somebody else read it before somebody's paying for it to read it. Mm -hmm. And mistakes will happen. You're yeah. not going to to get a perfect book out there. That's okay. It's an ebook. You can release more versions. You didn't just kill a thousand trees to to print it. Next week in part two, we talk about is the market for self-published books getting saturated? There's a lot of kind of big names getting into it, as well as a lot of other interests from self-publishers. Is there room for somebody just starting out? We also talk about what tools we've used to create the end product, if we outsource, and if you should publish your book online for free. If you like the show, please give us a review in iTunes. It's as easy as searching for product people and clicking five stars. You can follow me, Justin Jackson, on Twitter at MIJustin. You can even follow the show at ProductPeopleTV. Want to send me an email? ProductPeople at BizBox.ca. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.
Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.